What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 75 of the Strength Through Vulnerability podcast. Let's get into it. What's going on, everybody? Today, I have an interview for you with a woman named Julia Becker Collins. She's a marketing executive, an active long-distance runner and weightlifter. She's also diagnosed with thyroid cancer currently. And she actually got her diagnosis during this wild COVID-19 pandemic. And so before even hearing your story, you can probably imagine that, you know, getting diagnosed with cancer is incredibly difficult and scary on its own. But to be getting diagnosed with cancer and going through treatment during the COVID-19 pandemic where your spouse, where her husband couldn't even go into the hospitals to be with her, it's a whole nother level. And Julia breaks it all down in this episode. So I'm going to just hand it over to her for this conversation, which is coming at you right now. Julia, it is so good to actually see your face. How are you doing today? I am great. Thank you so much for having me on. I love it. Yeah, no, I'm so glad that you had the time to, to share with me today. Um, you know, when we spoke earlier, I got to hear just a bit about your story and what's going on in your life. And I've just been so excited to be able to share that with the listeners too. And so I want to hand it over to you and, and just say, you know, 2020 was a wild year for everybody in this world. Um, but it was, it was unique and uniquely challenging for yourself. And I'd love for you to just talk a little bit about what I mean by that. Sure. Um, so I am the chief operating officer of Vision Advertising. We are a 100% woman-owned, woman-run marketing agency outside of Boston. Um, and I am the senior officer at the company. I've been with the company for four years. So at the beginning of 2020, I was crushing it professionally, just really sales meeting presentation, doing incredibly well, ready to hire new people, build the business, grow the business. We've been around for 21 years and we were on the strongest, strongest growth path I think we've ever been on, really doing amazingly well, which is great. Thank goodness, because it set us up in a better place for the rest of the year. Yeah. Um, and then in March, um, at the beginning of March, I was on a training run. So I'm an active long distance runner. I have been for a few years. Um, and I was just on a regular training run. And I, you know, one of those freak things where you kind of the toe of my sneaker uh, caught the sidewalk and I fell and I broke my elbow. And it's annoying and it's frustrating, but it's just like, you know, in the 2020 year, it's just icing on the cake. It's like, <laughs> okay, this is annoying. And then that was, I haven't, you know, just to give everybody a sense, I haven't actually been back in the office since I broke my elbow, which was the first week of March, because I was in the hospital all that day. And then the entire state shut down like a few days later. So, <laughs> um, but the two days, uh, maybe a week before I broke my elbow, um, I was at my regular um, annual physical with my primary care doctor, just like everybody should go to. Um, and I almost canceled that appointment because I was so busy with work and so busy with running. And my primary care physician 
looks me dead in the eyes after she feels my throat. And she says, you have a mass on your throat. I want to hear from your doctor. It's a woman I really trust, and she has been my physician for 50 years. And so I took it, but I didn't panic. I'm not somebody who tends to panic. Um, I find that in leadership, you can't really panic. Um, and I'm not somebody who is a like a freak out person in general. I'm a very black and white person. Information. So she said, we're going to send you for an ultrasound. It's fine. That's great. So the day after I broke my elbow, I was back at the same hospital getting an ultrasound <laughs> of my thyroid. And um, I'm there in this whole thing on my the broken elbow. And now ultrasound on my thyroid. And I'm joking around with the ultrasound tech about how I was just there 12 hours earlier in the ER. And, you know, we're chatting. And she says to me, um, you know, we're just talking about it and how ironic it is. And then she gets really quiet. And as anybody else will know that has been through anything serious medically, you know, the ultrasound tech can't tell you anything they're seeing, mm -hmm. but also when they get quiet, it's a really bad signal. Mm -hmm. So that was a Friday and I get a call from my primary care doctor that same day after 5 p.m., which you know signals bad things because doctors never call you after 5 p.m. Mm -hmm. And she says, you know, the results of the ultrasound are really concerning, um, but it could still just be a fatty deposit or something benign on your thyroid. Um, it happens all the time. Um, just like women get a benign mass in their breasts, um, but we're going to do a biopsy to make sure my office will call you on Monday to schedule it. And I said, okay, no problem. Still not freaking out, mm -hmm. but that was Friday. And then on Saturday, the entire state of Massachusetts shut down for COVID. So nobody called me on Monday to schedule mm -hmm. the biopsy. So I wait a few days and then I start calling her office and nobody's picking up because she's part of a very large hospital system that was hit incredibly hard by the COVID crisis. They were completely shut down. And so I had no way to even get the biopsy done. So now I am trying to determine what to do about something that is potentially cancerous that's in my body while at the same time running a company and transitioning a well-established business to be completely remote. When we were normally in an office, we have an office outside of Boston, but we also have an office in Portland, Oregon mm -hmm. to transition a bi-coastal business to be remote, to support all of our clients, which just under 50% of them are restaurants. Mm -hmm. And you know, as everybody knows, during the COVID crisis, restaurants were incredibly hard hit. Um, how do we support them? How do we do what they need to have done? How do I support my staff so that they understand what the expectations are and how do they produce the best results while working from home? How do I make sure that our finances are in a good place? You know, And then also as the PPP was announced, apply for government funding, et cetera. Working the most hours I've ever worked in my professional career. Um, so really, you know, starting to lose my mind a little bit. <laughs> mm. And so then I hit a point where I realized that I needed some support. I'm somebody who can really handle a lot. I can 
um, manage a lot. I can project manage a lot. I can deal with a lot of stress, but at a certain point, I think just like everyone, I kind of maxed out. And so when I realized I needed to get this biopsy done while I am running the company and, you know, dealing with situations that nobody had ever dealt with previously, um, I, you know, that's kind of when I waved the white flag and said, you know, I need support. And so I called my cousin who lives in Colorado and he is a oncologist. Mm. And so I just explained the whole situation to him and I sent all the test results to him. And he, you know, explained to me um, what's happening with hospital systems and COVID and what doctor's offices are dealing with and what the test results mean. And he, you know, explained that I needed to switch to a different hospital system and um, get an endocrinologist, which I had never even heard of an endocrinologist mm. before, um, which is somebody who deals with a thyroid. And to be fair, I didn't even realize what a thyroid did. I'm a, you know, very healthy person. Mm -hmm. um, and to, to have an endocrinologist do a telehealth visit with me, which I had never done before, have them order the biopsy, et cetera, et cetera. So you know, with a lot of support by my cousin, which I'm incredibly privileged to have that support network, um, I was able to switch to a different hospital system, move my records, et cetera, um, the endocrinologist. And it's just one town over. That's the crazy part is mm. that, you know, the hospital one town over had more availability. Mm. Um, they saw me the same week through telehealth. They looked over all the results of the tests so far, and they said the same thing that my cousin said that you know the ultrasound made it look like it was a 98% chance that the the mass in my throat was benign, um, but they really think I needed to have the biopsy done to be safe. But really, there was no concern, and I agreed. And I was like, great, I'm not freaking out, no problem. They got me in the next week for a biopsy, which is you know awful. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. this giant needle that goes into your throat. Um, oh, and then God. you feel like you can't talk for a few days. Right. And I'm, you know, running a business remotely, which is all now zoom. Mm. And I really am having trouble talking for a few days. So they put me, you know, they have me do this biopsy and then I get a call two days later from the endocrinologist saying, unfortunately it's malignant and you do have thyroid cancer. Um, and you know, the way that they treat thyroid cancer is the first step is surgery. So other cancers have different kinds of protocols and um, I'm not as well versed about those cancers, but with thyroid cancer, they start with surgery. Um, and she really explained to me that um, not only did I have this mass on the left side of my thyroid, it was a three centimeter mass, which I couldn't believe I didn't you know, feel. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how you walk around with that and don't realize it, but I guess you get so used to your own body. Mm. Um, it had also spread to the right side of my thyroid. So I needed to have the entire thyroid removed. Wow. And at that point, I kind of thought to myself, like, what does the thyroid even do? You know, and what is this going to impact in my life? And when can we get the surgery done? Right? Mm. Like, I want it snappy. Yeah, let's, like, let's get on this, right? Let's get, um, you know, let's get this out of my system. Mm hmm. But I didn't, you know, I don't think you can fully appreciate what it is until you're in the middle of it. I didn't really understand what it was going to be like to not have a thyroid until I didn't have mm. a thyroid. Um, 
So at that point, she refers me over to a thyroid surgeon at Mass General Hospital in the Boston area. We're incredibly privileged to have amazing healthcare professionals. Um, So I met with this amazing surgeon, again, through telehealth, and he kind of walked me through the whole process. I felt really good about working with him. And then when we talked about scheduling the surgery, that's when I discovered, okay, so now I've been diagnosed for, you know, I've been through this process for a couple of weeks, Mm. but I can't even schedule the surgery because the Commonwealth of Massachusetts is shut down for all surgeries, just like previously when I couldn't schedule the biopsy. So the entire state was shut down. So now my husband and I start thinking about, well, do we travel to another state? But if you get on a plane, then there's the COVID risk. Mm. And I'm incredibly high risk because not only do I now have cancer, I also have an autoimmune disease and asthma. Mm. So, you know, you're kind of weighing the risks and benefits yeah. and trying to figure that whole thing out. Um, so we were trying to determine what to do. And again, through all of this running a company and I was still training because I wanted to be in the best shape possible when I went into the surgical suite. Mm. I figured the only thing I could do was, you know, make the appointments and advocate for myself, but also be in amazing health, mm-hmm. you know, minus the cancer. Mm. So, you know, run as much as possible, lift weights, et cetera, eat really healthy, whatever. Um, and so that just, you know, helped keep my mind off of things, but it was incredibly stressful and difficult. And, you know, trying to navigate the bureaucracy that was the PPP loan for my company and make sure I don't have to furlough anyone while at the same time trying to figure out when I can schedule surgery while at the same time determining, you know, a leadership um, plan for while I'm out and how to publicly tell clients and the world that there's going to be an interim leadership change how much to tell people, et cetera, because I'm a public figure for the company. Mm. Um, It's just a very stressful time. Um, And then in May, uh, the Commonwealth governor announced that the Commonwealth was going to open up for some surgeries. And my surgeon called me and said, you know, do you want the first surgery on the first day, like 6 a.m. the Monday? And I was absolutely, he called me on Wednesday night and he offered me that next Monday morning. So I had two days Thursday and Friday, two business days to tell my staff, tell my clients, make a public announcement and transition power for the company and then get my personal affairs in order. Um, And somehow, (laughs) somehow I was able to do it. (laughs) Uh, And so I took a three month medical leave from my company um, in which I, you know, had leadership transition to two people. Um, it's basically like I took 100% of my job mm. and we took 40% and gave it to one person and 40% and gave it to another person. And we kind of shelved 20% and mm. said, this can wait. This isn't absolutely necessary right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody, it, it wouldn't have worked if I didn't have the entire staff on board to do more work than they originally signed on for. Mm. Um, and my clients were amazing about it. Everybody was just incredible about it. And, you know, having this all happen during COVID is obviously not ideal. My husband couldn't even walk into the hospital for any tests or for my surgery, for recovery whatsoever. I did everything by myself, but 
you know, the only silver lining I would say is a lot of people had more understanding. So, you know, deadlines and things that came up, people were like more understanding because it's such a difficult year in general. Mm. So that was helpful. Um, and when I went through surgery, they did uh, pathology on the tumor when they took out the entire thyroid and they found that it had not only spread from one side of the thyroid to the other side of the thyroid, it had actually also spread to the lymph nodes around the thyroid. And um, once it breaks that barrier and spreads past the organ, it's classified as more aggressive. So they took some of the th- uh, lymph nodes out and they also found that it was just a generally more aggressive form of cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went through radiation, um, and for thyroid cancer, radiation is actually done orally. So you ingest the radiation and then you are in, uh, isolation for a number of days because you are actually radioactive. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, yeah. And so you could actually give thyroid cancer to somebody else because oh you are radioactive. And so I lived in the second bedroom of our house for five days and I didn't leave. Holy and cow. Uh, yeah, um, there's a joke in the thyroid cancer community. There's like these t-shirts that said like, I was isolating before it was cool. <laughs> <So> <laughs> oh my God. I, I was quarantining before it was cool. Like that idea, I feel that. Um, so that was really challenging. And because I have autoimmune problems and other existing um, health conditions, um, the radiation actually ended up burning out the entire lining of my GI tract. So, you know, all kinds of secondary problems that came as a result that are known issues, Mm. but don't happen to everyone. So I'm still dealing with, you know, however many months later, I'm still dealing with a lot of side effects around the radiation. Um, And in the last round of scans, you know, I have to have regular scans done to see how the radiation has taken and it'll stay active in my system for about a year. Mm. Um, And the last round of scans, they found a new mass. And so, but it did get hit by the radiation. So we're following the progress of it and seeing, does it continue to shrink? Is it going to grow? What do we do, et cetera. So I think there's a common misconception with cancer in general that, you know, once you have surgery or you go through chemo, suddenly you're better, which is not true whatsoever. It takes five years from the end of treatment and showing no evidence of disease. It's called NED to be considered in remission. So you have a five-year clock that starts ticking. And once you're at the end of five years, you're in remission. So I haven't, my clock hasn't even started ticking yet. Mm. So I always try to do my best job to educate people about, A, I'm still in treatment. And thyroid cancer is a very invisible disease. Um, It's also one of the more rare cancers. So people just don't think about it. Um, And it's also something that just doesn't show up in the way that other cancers are visible. People are very tired. People have other problems that come up. The thyroid is something, it's like the central command system for your body. It regulates your body temperature, your metabolism, your hair growth, your hunger, your energy, everything. So it's basically like, imagine like a, like a little controller sitting in your body, telling your body how to do everything. And so like, it'll tell your liver to function, your kidneys to function, your heart to function, your blood to pump. Or, and so if you don't have it working, nothing else works. And so um, it's 
I'm back at work, but it's challenging. I will tell you yeah, point I blank, you know? Yeah. So, you know, we're still dealing with the COVID crisis and everybody's still working remotely and, you know, all of those things. And then every day I'm feels like climbing a mountain <laughs> of thyroid issues. Mm. So, I mean, that's, a longer way of telling the story, but it's also still not all the details. It's just, you know, it's been a challenging year and my elbow still not fully healed. <laughs> oh no. Oh geez. Ah, it just yeah. keeps blowing on. Yeah. It's sort of like 2020 was the gift that kept on giving. <laughs> mm-hmm. When you explain it, it's literally like every single domino was falling at once, mm-hmm. which must have been so frustrating and with your personality you have amazing energy despite what you're going through too so just know that which is awesome thank you um absolutely but when all those dominoes are falling and all of a sudden you can't even get into the office to get the procedures done that your body literally needs that must have been so frustrating just such a helpless feeling it is i mean it's just it's frustrating because you feel like you're screaming into the wind because you know it's not the governor's fault it's not my doctor's fault it's sort of this immobile force that it's like I understand everybody's doing the best that they can and you know Governor Baker um, our governor here in Massachusetts was doing the best he could and making the best choices he could and I'm not mad at him for shutting the hospitals down we had a really we for a long time were had the some of the worst outbreaks in the country Mm. Um, so I'm not mad it's just like I felt like Maybe you could have included cancer treatment mm. in like what was allowed because that can't really wait, but yeah. there's nothing I could do. It's, you know, one of the things I started 2020 thinking about, you know, I don't make new year's resolutions, but I try to have like not a mantra, but like a theme maybe mm. for the year. Mm-hmm. And I started 2020 with the theme thinking about you cannot control other people's actions. You can only control your reaction. Mm. and it really that turned into a whole thing for me because you know look at the actions of the whole year it was a crazy year mm-hmm. and so the best I could do was have my own reactions and advocate for myself advocate for my own health you know do the best job I could to take care of myself get myself healthy get myself back to being healthy as best as I could and just listen to my own intuition, you know, Mm. take advice from my doctors, take advice from those around me that I trust, and then just figure out how I plan to react to things. Um, Mm. I'm, I'm very privileged that I have a great, um, you know, support system. My husband is incredibly supportive. Um, I have great friends that were here, you know, it's, you can't drop off food as easily for a cancer patient during a pandemic when everybody's quarantining, mm-hmm. et cetera. I also have a number of food allergies, so that makes it challenging. <laughs> but, you know, to give you an example, one of my girlfriends um, who also has food allergies basically like put herself in a hazmat suit and made me gluten-free vegan mac and cheese because it was oh the only thing gosh. I could digest for a while and wow. delivered it every week. Oh, and she was so like... Nice. It was amazing. Or like people would make sure that my cats had what they needed or they would, you know, come over and sit 10 feet away from me on the deck when we could, you know, when the weather was warmer Mm -hmm. and just drink some warm tea with me to make sure that my sanity was okay Mm -hmm. and things like that. So 
I'm very privileged to have an amazing support system because like I said to you before we started recording, my family lives in California and I live in the Boston area. So I don't have any family around here. Um, but it, you know, I try to, I try to be, I wouldn't say optimistic. I try to be realistic and I know that it could have been much worse. Yeah, absolutely. So there's so much truth in what you're sharing in the sense of it takes a tribe, it takes a village. And I'm so, I'm grateful that you have that around you despite your family being so far away. Um, and I love your mantra or the saying that you live by for 2020. When we can accept that there are so many things out of our control and that we can only focus on what we can control, there's so much power in that, right? That gives exactly. us opportunity to be in action. And you sharing that has me interested. Do, do you have a mantra for 2021? Um, my tw I don't have a mantra. Um, I think I'm really just continuing the 2021, mm. you know, cause I need to, my health is still a primary concern. My business is still a primary concern, but I'm also really focused on what is the best thing I can do for me and my health and those that I love, you know, without trying to, you know, do anything, do any harm, but without trying to please everyone else you mm. know you can't please everyone it's not you're not guacamole you know there's those t-shirts <laughs> you can't please everyone you're not guac it's incredibly true I'm not guacamole I have a girlfriend that got me a t-shirt that says I'm not for everyone and it's mm. really true I'm a very specific personality um I'm you know bold and I speak my mind and you know I and loud and I have very specific feelings on things. And if I don't care about it, I just don't care about it. Mm -hmm. I'm not interested. And that's who I am. And if you're friends with me, you're going to be really excited about being friends with me. And if you do business with me, you're going to be really excited about doing business with me. And if you're not, then you are really out. Like you opt mm -hmm. heavily out and that's okay. Like I have found that in my life, I am the most successful professionally and the happiest personally when I lean into that. Mm. You know, the Cheryl Saunders thing about leaning in, I lean into the authenticity of who I am and the difference of who I am. And I do better with that. Mm. Man, that's so good. Uh, you know, this podcast is called Strength Through Vulnerability. And one of the things that often comes up is, is talking about, you know, what does it look like to be vulnerable? And one of the biggest ways to live vulnerably is by living authentically, being yep. who you are and embracing that and accepting that. And there's so much truth to what you just said in the sense of, I'm sure it's not just you who feels most powerful and most in tune with themselves and sees their happiness increase when they are living out their lives authentically as them and not just trying to be a shapeshifter, you know, which I think- exactly unfortunately is something that so many people myself included at times fall into right it can be really hard and scary to be authentic and uh and i think it's really awesome it's beautiful that you you focus on being authentic and you just embrace it and uh, so living your life vulnerably in that sense is, is amazing and then you know one of the reasons I, I really wanted to have you on the show too is just because all the things that you're going through are like the definition of vulnerable you know um, in the lens of the, the cancer, all the, the domino effect of all the things that happened for you in 2020. And yet you still live with 
so much passion and you're living out the idea of strength through vulnerability where you're taking all of those things, all those dominoes that were falling and you're essentially lifting them back up by being like, Hey, like, yeah, this should happen, but I'm going to own it. And I'm going to use it as a strength to be able to impact and influence other people. Um, so you're, you're incredibly, you're, you're transformative and uh, you're just inspiring. So I really appreciate your words and just all that you're sharing on here thus far. It's been, your, your story's incredible. And, uh, and oh, so are you. Thank so. you so much. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate it. You know, I've been incredibly public about my story. Um, you know, like I said earlier, I do run a marketing agency, so I have a big platform, but I made mm. the conscious decision when I came back from medical leave to really openly and honestly talk about my cancer journey, not because I am trying to, you know, wave the flag of I'm so amazing, because I really don't think I am. Mm. I just want to bring transparency to something that is often not discussed. I think mm. thyroid cancer is something that we don't talk about. Thyroid health is not often talked about. Women's health isn't often talked about. Thyroid cancer affects women at a far higher rate, and we are not talking about it. Um, since I have been publicly talking about thyroid cancer, sharing things on my Instagram account personally, I have had two separate people, not related from completely different parts of my life, tell me that they got checked and they both have thyroid cancer. Wow. And they would never have gone for the check without it, without me posting things, which, you know, it's a lot of responsibility to hold. Mm. But as somebody that has been somewhat of a public figure for a while, I, I wear that responsibility, you know, specifically, you know, with not necessarily pride, but like I can feel the weight of the responsibility. And so I understand what I'm doing when I talk to people. But I think it's really important that, especially as women, we talk more about our health because otherwise we have no idea what's going on in our bodies. Mm. And, you know, cancer is something... I don't know why there is a shame around it, but there is, and nobody talks about it. And cancer looks like a million different things. There's no look to it. And when people find out that I have cancer, actively have cancer, the number one response I get is you don't look sick. Mm. And that's not a thing. There is no looking sick. You have mm. no idea what somebody's going through. And, you know, I might, you know, smile and have a big personality, but I am here to tell you that takes a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And so um, if, if me being vulnerable and being public about what I'm going through helps to support somebody else, then it is 100% worth it. Absolutely. As you're just explaining all of that, how people don't want to talk about it, how people will come up to you and, and hear that you're sick and say that you don't look sick. Yep. All those things, I'm just thinking to myself, that is so in line with what mental health advocates are saying about mental health too, right? Exactly. You can't mm-hmm. see depression. You can't see anxiety exactly. unless somebody's trembling, I guess. Um, but to your point, and and there is that stigma around mental health as well. So it's so, I'm really glad that you said that because I honestly didn't even really know that. I didn't know that there was that stigma around cancer. I never thought of cancer as being something where people would look at you and, and not know that something was going on, right? Because I think- mm-hmm. Um, I guess to be fair to a lot of people, it's like when they go through their treatment and maybe they lose their hair, it's a little bit more visible, but that's not the only time in somebody's life that they have cancer, right? So um, it's amazing that you're using your platform to bring light to that. And what I love is you're really marrying this this confidence in who you are and what you can do and what what platform you have with this humility of, you even said it earlier, you're like, I don't even think I'm that great 
but I feel <laughs> like I, I need to talk about this because yeah. it's something that's clearly a really big part of your life now. And, uh, and also, as you said that I was thinking, I don't want to go too far and say that getting thyroid cancer was a great thing because obviously yeah. it's not, and it's scary, but it just might be one of the most impactful things in your life in the lens of how you're using it to serve people too. You know, it's I like, I agree with that. Yeah, I would definitely yeah. agree with that. I would not put it in the, like, you know, it's a silver lining and it's right <laughs> now. Yeah. If I can change one thing, it would be don't get cancer. Like it's mm -hmm. terrible, awful. Nobody should go through this. Even just the thyroid disease is terrible. If anything that affects your thyroid is terrible. Yeah. Um, I don't wish cancer on anybody, but I think, you know, I feel the sense of responsibility about having the platform that I have and having the confidence in who I am to be able to speak up and say things that maybe are unpopular and not have everyone love me and be okay with that. Mm. And I am 100% confident in myself and who I am and uh, knowing that I can, you know, educate people and give voice to it and give a face to a journey, you know, mm. um, Recently, I was on the cover of the Worcester Business Journal talking about my thyroid cancer diagnosis because they were looking to give a face to the healthcare journey of somebody through the COVID crisis. And, you know, what else happened to business professionals in 2020 mm. that wasn't exactly COVID, but COVID adjacent? Mm. And so, you know, I'm a public figure who's recognized in the community. I have a business that was incredibly impacted by the COVID crisis, but I'm not a restaurant. Mm -hmm. And um, I also have a healthcare crisis, but I didn't get COVID. So, mm -hmm. you know, to give a face and a story to that, I had more people reach out to me after that story that I've never met before in my entire life and ask questions, ask for a referral to the doctor that I work with, you know, just the impact from that locally was huge. Mm. And I am fine to be the poster child of that. I'm not looking for fame or fortune. I just want to help. Mm. So I think, you know, I love the idea of your podcast because the vulnerability is so terrifying for people, but mm. I think you find your authentic self when you step deeply into it. Absolutely. You, you, you find your authentic self and that's when you're best able to serve. You know, if we're all just exactly. acting fake, nobody's really going to connect with us. Our message is never going to hit home because our message would be a lie, right? Um, exactly. I, I love that you're living that out. And uh, and again, you have such great energy. I, I'm really interested to hear what are some of the things that are bringing life into your life right now? You, you mentioned you you have a great support group. You I are do. an athlete. Um, what, are, mm -hmm. what are some of the, can you expand upon some of that? Yeah. So I'm a long distance runner. Like I said, so before I uh, started treatment, I, uh, so 2019 and 2020 over the two years, I ran three ultra marathons. I ran one in 2020 before I started treatment. And then, um, excuse me, one, uh, two in 2019. So an ultra marathon is anything that's longer than a marathon. Mm. Um, so I ran two 50 Ks in 2019 and 150K in 2020. Um, that one was a virtual one that I did on my own in my neighborhood. Not fun. Mm. I don't mm. recommend doing a virtual 50K. Really <laughs> not fun. Uh, Doesn't sound so it. <laughs> I, no, 
but I very much enjoy running very, very far. So mm. I, you know, every runner kind of finds their happy place in terms of distance. My happy place is kind of past 15 to 20 miles. I get mm. lots of joy out in the like pain space of like very far mileage. Mm. Um, I also do a lot of strength training. I do CrossFit. Um, I have always done yoga, kind of all that, you know, larger athletic health um, items. Um, right now, um, so in December, I ran a marathon virtually in wow. my own neighborhood. Um, one of the things I focused on to help with my recovery after radiation was that I had decided I was going to run a marathon and I was going to get myself back into shape to be able to do so at a slow pace even if there was a lot of walking, but it was going to happen. And I set a date and that was just what was going to happen. And I'm an incredibly determined person. Mm. So once I set my mind to something, that's it. There's nothing that's going to stand in my way. Mm -hmm. So I ran on December 6th, I ran 26.2 miles in my own town, just through the neighborhood. And it was the day after a snowstorm. Oh, so none wow. of the sidewalks were cleared. So <sighs> I ran 15 of the miles in the road in the wow. middle of the street and then I ran 11 miles on trails that were all like hard pack ice and snow oh god so I did that <laughs> yep that was terrible uh I don't again don't recommend it um and now for 2021 I have signed up for my first 50 mile race um it says it's happening they have the whole COVID thing figured out it's a very small race mm. um it's a 24 hour looping race it's a 2.45 mile loop and you go for 24 hours and you have to hit at least 49 miles it's called the anchor down ultra it's in rhode island wow um so that's very exciting um and so i'm starting to train for that um so i run three days a week this morning i ran three miles um and i am working on um figuring out how heavy i can lift I'm working on my deadlift and my back squat. Nice. So I, yeah, I like, you know, there's that old planet fitness commercial. I like to pick things up and put them down. Mm -hmm. um, that's pretty much my favorite thing is lifting heavy. Um, <laughs> so I get a lot of, I, you know, self-care quote unquote out of um, athletics. It's a good way for me to turn my brain off mm. and just focus on the task at hand. So for running, it's literally just like one foot in front of the other where do I have to turn next? And for, you know, strength training, it's like, okay, now you're going to do this heavy lift, make sure your form is correct. That's it. You can't, I don't have brain space for anything else. It's great. Mm -hmm. um, it's a way of taking care of myself. It's a way of, you know, clearing my head and dealing with stress. Yeah. Um, and it's challenging because my body is not where it used to be and I'm still healing and I'm still dealing with a lot of health problems, but you know, I, do a lot to take care of myself between, you know, acupuncture and PT and going to my endocrinologist and I have a dietitian and I'm in a very regulated diet and blah, 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 blah. Um, so I'm not saying every thyroid cancer patient could do this. I'm saying this mm. is my journey. Mm -hmm. um, in addition to those things, my husband is like literally the most supportive person that's ever existed. I tell people I won the husband lottery when I married him. Uh, he's incredible. Um, he's also an essential employee. So he has been at work this whole time. He's never been work from home. So that's challenging, especially mm. because I'm so high risk 
So that's been difficult, but you know, he yeah. is so supportive and amazing. And again, I have a great support ne network of friends in the area and my in-laws are also incredible and they live locally. Mm. So it's, you know, you kind of have to figure out who your people are. Unfortunately, what happens a lot of the times with cancer is people are no longer your friends for whatever reason. Mm. And so that happened to me. And I have found through my cancer support groups that that happens to a lot of people. And you just can't take it personally. It's not about you. It's about them and what they're going through. And that's their issue. And you just have to figure out who your friends are. Wow. That's heartbreaking. I didn't know that that yeah. was common. It's incredibly common, unfortunately. Wow. Um, I don't know if it's because people can't emotionally deal with being that close to cancer or they don't know what to say to you or what, but it happens a lot. Well, when you so. make those points, it, it kind of makes sense because being in a position where they have to be vulnerable too, to meet you right. where you're at, to be able to support you best is a lot of times incredibly uncomfortable and not everybody's up to that. So it makes sense. Right. And I think it's also because people have to actually show up. They can't just like text you. They have to literally do something. So when yeah. somebody has cancer, the best thing that you can do for them is don't ask them what they want and don't ask them what they need. Tell them I'm showing up on this day with food for you. Tell them I Venmoed you $20 so that you can order DoorDash or whatever it is. Don't ask open-ended questions because it will not serve the person because they do not have the brain space to answer you. Mm. So it's, I think that's hard for a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you just said that. That is so powerful and makes me think like, well, what would life look like if we continue to check in on each other, whether it was cancer or not? We were just like, right. hey, hey, man, I'm going to bring this food over tonight just because right. why not? Um, there's so much power in right. that. Right. I love that. Well, Julia, I've been at ending my podcast lately with three questions to every guest. And uh, I think you're going to knock them out of the park. So if you're ready for it. I'm, I'm ready. Good. Let's do it. All right, let's do it. First question I have for you is, after everything that you've said today, everything you've shared, if you were to leave the listeners with one message of hope, one anecdote, what would that be? What would you want them to walk away with? Um, I think the message of hope or the, the anecdote would be, you know, even though 2021 has not started off amazingly and uh, 2020 was pretty bad, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Um, I think the year is going to be what you make it. So it can be bad politically. It can be bad in terms of the pandemic. It can be bad economically, right? But there are still amazing things, right? So I have learned to take nothing for granted. The fact that the birds chirp, that you can sit outside, that you can walk. The fact that I can run, I should not take for granted. So if you are capable of walking a quarter mile, don't take it for granted. And that is something that is available to you 365 days a year. So there are good things, even if there are so many terrible things happening. And the way you react to things around you is your choice. Mm. Amen. That's so good. The second question for you is if you could define vulnerability in your own words, how would you do so? Oh, that is a tough one. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's subjective. I think it's different for person to person because what one person 
is comfortable with is going to be different than what another person is comfortable with. Mm. Um, so what I see as vulnerable is going to be different than what another person sees as vulnerable. Mm. Um, for example, I had somebody, a woman mentioned to me once that she was so shocked that I was so outspoken in meetings and to her, she saw that as not only aggressive, but vulnerable. And to me, that just seemed like participating in the meeting. Mm. So I think it is incredibly subjective. Um, I also think that you need to figure it out for yourself where you see the fear in your life. That's where the chance for growth is. Mm. Um, and that's a big management thing and leadership thing is, you know, lean into the fear and that's where you will find greatness. Mm. Um, I, I present a lot of leadership and management seminars and I do a ton of operations and leadership development for my staff and for others. And one of the big things I talk about is you need to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm. And when you get comfortable with being uncomfortable, you will find the greatness. Mm. I love it. That's so good. Um, this last question for you, I'm really interested to hear your answer because you're, you're very much into health. You have a specific diet that you're on right now. I'm a mm -hmm. huge food guy. I love food. I, I want to hear every person who comes on my podcast's favorite food. So what would you say oh. yours is? Oh, this is easy. This is the easiest question you've asked me all day. <laughs> I am. Okay. So I am gluten-free because I have celiac. Mm -hmm. But, and right now I'm not eating dairy because it doesn't agree with the whole thyroid situation, mm. but putting aside the dairy free thing, <laughs> my favorite, favorite, favorite meal is a barbecue bacon cheeseburger with French fries. Ooh. I want, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. Easy. That was, <laughs> and I can tell you that that's my favorite food because when I do very long runs, or very extreme endurance events where you're out there for like 10 hours or something. Mm. That is the food I want. Mm. And I think that when you put yourself under pressure, whatever you want to eat <laughs> is your favorite food. Mm. Absolutely. <laughs> I love that. That's such a good answer. And it's lunchtime. So I'm, I'm very, very, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, Julia, seriously, thank you so much for all you've shared for showing up authentically as you for sharing inspiring truth here. I so appreciate your time. Before I officially let you go, can you please share where people can keep up with you? They can find out more about vision advertising and all that good stuff, please. Absolutely. So you can find vision advertising online on our website. We are vision-advertising.com. You can find us on Instagram at Vision Advertising Rocks because we do. <laughs> and you can find me personally on Instagram at Julia Rifka. That's R as in Rachel, I, V as in Victor, K, A. And you will see my running, my lifting, my cats, Ron Swanson <laughs> and Leslie Nope, and my, oh my dog, gosh. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Wow. Those are some incredible pet names. That's that's the Thanks. way to end the podcast. <laughs> Julia. I'm here for. <laughs> I love it. Julia, seriously, thank you so much. You've been a blessing. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. This was fantastic. Absolutely. I'm glad. What a powerful episode. If you're somebody who's currently going through cancer treatment or you know somebody who is, or maybe you have in the past, you just want to connect with somebody who gets it. Reach out to Julia. I'm sure probably the best place to reach out to her individually is through her personal Instagram that she gave towards the end of the show. 
go and connect with her. And even if you haven't been in that kind of situation, go and check out her page because she's putting out awesome fitness content and other fun stuff on there. So get in touch with her. And as always, if you think that somebody would benefit from listening to the show or would just plain old enjoy listening, send it to them. Share this on social media. Send it to all your friends. And make sure to hit that subscribe button so that you're notified every single time a new episode comes out. You are all amazing. I appreciate your listenership so much more than you know. And we'll be back with another episode next Saturday. You all take care.